Welcome to Sling Stones, a podcast with insights for the Christian journey, proudly brought to you by Healing Care Ministries. Before today's show, we'd like to share about a unique opportunity to join Terry and a small group of others for four days of prayer, retreat, and teaching at the Healing Care Center in Ashland, Ohio. This retreat, titled Lord, Teach Us to Pray, is coming up September 6th through the 9th and is limited to 15 participants, but a few spots remain open. If you need a time of refreshment, it's our joy to offer you this opportunity. For more information or to sign up, go to healingcare.org backslash events and click on the link for Lord Teach Us to Pray. We would love to have you join us. Now here's Terry Wardle with today's episode. Let me say a word of prayer. Lord, we pray that as we spend this time here together today that your Holy Spirit would minister to us. We're desperate for more of you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you offer us intimacy. And in this world that offers so many difficulties, we do pray that we will find those whispers of your presence that settle us, that bring us rest, and that change us forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one of the gifts that Cheryl and I have right now is the fact that we have a daughter and her family living right here in Ashland, where we live. And she has three children, a daughter who is 16, Kayla, a son, Caleb, who's uh, 11, and a little one, Ella, who will be five in October. And it's great because for a number of years, we had no children living near us at all. They lived in Maryland and Colorado and North Carolina, but now we have one family that lives here, and we get to do some things with them. Well, last night was Ashland Arrows football game, and our granddaughter plays in the band, the marching band. So we went, beautiful evening, beautiful, calm summer evening, and we went and we watched the first half of the game, and we watched uh, Kayla in the marching band, and we sat beside my daughter and her family, and it was a wonderful evening. Saw some friends, just a good night. Now, in the midst of that, I was grabbed by something. I was sitting probably 15 rows up, and down in front of me, up up against the fence, sat an older man in his walker, and from his back, he looked so much like my father. He sat in his walker just like my dad did, and he was watching the game. He was all alone. No one else was there with him. No one else was chatting with him, taking care of him. He was just there by himself. And it certainly made me recollect my father. Um, I had that combination of sadness and gratitude, sadness that well, I just couldn't go down and find that it was dead and talk to him, but gratitude that the last few years of our life together as I brought him here to town to care for him were really good and a lot of healing took place. And every so often I would find myself staring at this man and I even tapped Cheryl and said, hey, who does that guy remind you of? And she knew, she said, Pap. So I'd watch the game and then I'd watch this gentleman. And at one point I saw him get back up on his walker and he made his way over to the concession stand and he got himself a Coke uh, a Coca-Cola and a bag of popcorn, and he came back again all by himself, 
And he sat there, and it just seemed that he was enjoying the moment, enjoying the game, enjoying the popcorn. And I thought this was so much like my dad. I came to the point to appreciate, but after last night, even more the fact that at the end of my, my dad's life, he did enjoy small pleasures. The truth is he had lost a great deal. I mean, for him to come up here and me put him in assistant living, he lost his home, his neighbors of 65 years, his friends, his church. Not long after that, he lost mom to Alzheimer's. There came a point where I had to take his car off of him. He couldn't drive anymore. I mean, a lot of the things that made his life special to him were no more part of his life. He couldn't go off and play golf. He needed help bathing. And yet, in the midst of grieving those things he couldn't do, he still found small joys. He didn't let the bigger grief smother out the small joys that could fill him on any given day. And I was thinking about this last night as I'm watching this man up front against this fence, Coca-Cola, popcorn, watching a game by himself on a warm summer evening. My dad loved to eat ice cream, coconut cream pie. He enjoyed when he could sit down and visit with someone and he loved to talk. Oh my goodness, if you didn't like to talk, but you wanted to hear someone talk, my dad could do that and he enjoyed it. Many days, they would help him take his walker or I would help him when we'd go outside and he'd sit in his walker and he had his cowboy hat on. I don't know where he ever got into wearing cowboy hats, but he sure did. And my dad loved to sit in his favorite chair and watch old westerns. His life went from a very expandable life to something very narrowly defined. I mean, my father had been, you know, only went to seventh grade or so in school, but he was bright. He got his electrician papers, he worked in the coal mine, he became a boss, he got his EMT certification, he was a pilot. And of course, all that was part of his memory, but that, that all faded as part of the loss of his life as he entered the very senior years of his life. But, but what really grabbed me is, again, this point that he didn't disconnect in the midst of loss from the simple things that he enjoyed. He didn't allow the big losses to rob him of the smaller losses. And I don't know that I paid a lot of attention to that until last night. Because this man became an icon of my own father, and I began to think about how much he would have enjoyed, even if he was sitting by himself watching a game on a small uh, football field on a beautiful summer evening, drinking a Coca-Cola and eating some popcorn. This is an important principle that I want to think about and talk about today, and that is that even in the midst of our bigger life, not allowing the smaller pleasures to be taken for granted, that we spend some time 
noticing them. I think Jesus was a great noticer. Obviously, he would notice the movement of the kingdom and when everyone else didn't see the widow and what she put in the offering plate, he could see that and he was able to pick out individuals and circumstances that he felt needed his attention. But there are other things that we see of Jesus. He would use illustrations right out of nature. He must have paid attention to nature when he talks about lilies of the field, sparrows, when he talks about the fish of the sea, a harvest of wheat, when he talks about seeds growing into a great tree. I don't think for Jesus these were simply illustrations. They were an indication that he spent time paying attention and enjoying the simple pleasures, and somehow that would feed him for the expanse of his life. I began to think about Jesus and how he liked to go to the garden, a quiet place with friends, talk about the kingdom, or that amazing conversation in scripture that he has with the woman at the well, what he noticed, how he reached out to her. You see, here's the bottom line. Difficulties are going to come to us in life. That's just a fact. And many of these difficulties come in the larger issues of life. Tough things, job things, relationship things, health things. And I have to admit that there are times when I allow the difficulties in the greater issues to rob me from the attention to the small pleasures, the simple pleasures that can somehow bring my life to homeostasis in the midst of those difficulties. Even if I have a simple pleasure, if I'm preoccupied, I don't notice it and I get it over with very, very quickly. Sherry might say, would you like a piece of pie? And I'll take it, thank you. And down it goes. And yeah, it was fine, but I didn't move slowly. I didn't move in the present moment. I didn't spend time noticing. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm facing challenges, places I need to go speak and deadlines and uh, also a staff of 15 people that we're working with and decisions that need to be made. And some of those are heavier than others. But I need to recognize that last night the Lord was showing me something that simple pleasures must not be passed over quickly. Now, what about you? If we were talking, just sharing, and I ask you, what are some of your simple pleasures? What would you name? What would you list? Is it something you like to eat? Is it a favorite cool drink or a hot drink? Is it sitting on a swing on a summer evening with a friend or spouse or relative? What, what right now are the simple pleasures that feed you? Maybe it'd be good for you to make a list of them. And also, I think gratitude, it creates this chemical explosion within us of excitement, generosity, thankfulness. And maybe if we did that, we can recognize that in the larger expanse of our life, when there are 
bumps along the road and darkness begins to settle in, that we slow down to remember that simple pleasures can, in fact, affect us, feed us, and remind us that God is good. I want to encourage you to take time with this. Don't pass over it quickly. I want to do the same, kind of a little covenant between us. Things today that might be small things that I could pay some more attention to and see that in that, God is giving me a deep drink, a breath of fresh air, and a promise for tomorrow. Well, gosh, Dad's been gone now two and a half years. But I could almost speak into heavenlies and say, hey, thanks, Dad. Thanks, really. You taught me something else today, last night, and I'm very grateful for it. I miss you, old boy, and I sure hope that you and Mom are enjoying the kingdom of God with Jesus. God bless you.